0: everyone. Welcome to Someone Else's Shoes. I'm your host, J.R. Supa. My guest today has been hailed as country music's next big star. She's toured the globe and shared the stage with some of the biggest names in country music, including Brad Paisley, Keith Urban, and Loretta Lynn. Her song, Let's Don't, peaked in the top 40 on America's Country Radio in 2018. And her latest single, Now or Never, is out now and taking the world by storm. Jessica Lynn, welcome to Someone Else's Shoes.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: It's my, really my pleasure. <laughs> Um, so before we get started, I just want to point out that there are actually like way more accolades that I could have covered in that intro, but I would have been talking for like 10 minutes before we even okay. got to introduce you. Um, <laughs> it was a perfect intro. Okay. Um, but I mean, you've had multiple hit songs, not just in America, but all over the world, um, including multiple nationwide TV specials. Um, but arguably, I think for me, the most interesting thing is that you... And your band are quite literally a family affair, right? Both your parents and your husband are in the band.
1: Yeah, so my mom is my background singer, my dad is my bass guitarist, and my husband is my lead guitarist. And although the rest of the band aren't technically family, they've been with me since 2012. So um, you can definitely call it that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, when you guys tour, you're all together and and it, it just becomes a family thing anyway.
1: We are. And, you know, what we have is so rare. Um Honestly, every night when we're on the road, like we did three months in Europe this past summer, like every night we had dinner together. Every morning we had breakfast together. We actually have a tradition that the day after we get home from tour, we all um, go out to dinner because we all miss each other already. <laughs> and, you know, of course it's stressful and tiring and people get cranky or whatever, just regular stuff on the road. But we all genuinely love each other and well, we yeah. all have each other's backs it's a really special relationship that we have for um seven people to have stayed together this long
0: yeah that's awesome i mean family's supposed to fight i mean my sister yeah. and i fight <laughs> each other all the time like that's that's how you know your family you have to have <laughs> the, uh, at least one or two
1: blowouts <laughs> <laughs> it's true you know what? honestly the best thing there's two amazing things about working with your family um one is that you always get to experience everything together. Um, for me, the best way, and I've, I've thought long and hard about this because everybody always asks in interviews, what is it like working with your family? And for me, the best possible way that I've learned to explain it is, you know, when you're driving in your car and you see like the most amazing sunset and you're trying to get a picture with your cell phone and it looks so terrible after, like it never looks the same <laughs> as in the moment. That's what it's like because... I never have to like call my husband and be like, oh, like this amazing thing happened in Poland or whatever. And and it's not the same relaying right. the message after he got to see it like he, he was there. to, And then we could go back to like, oh, my gosh, wasn't that the most amazing? It's like a totally different experience and bond that you share that way. Yeah. And the, the other side is that it's also awesome that we can be so brutally honest with each other. Because especially with creative things like music, you never want to hurt feelings. You always want to tread carefully. Like, oh, I don't really like how you're playing that or, you know, whatever. When it's family, you're just like, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Do it again. Yeah. And they give it to me, too. Like, that wasn't good. Yeah. Like, you know, or you look crazy doing that. Or when we're filming the video, like, you know, the music video, Steve will be on the sideline like, you look terrible. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Steve is your husband
1: so i don't know if that makes it better or worse (laughs) for people that don't know he didn't technically say you look terrible you know what i mean like oh your your hair is frizzy or whatever like he doesn't have to be like maybe you should try to like you know and it makes honestly honesty is the best policy and you're never going to grow or get better if people are always like you know so gently whatever there's no eggshells great yeah, it's great. It it really is great. You you can always be your best because you can always receive genuine and positive positively honest feedback.
0: That's awesome. Um okay, so let's start I think with the why, right? The most popular question that I'm sure you get asked is why did you decide to pursue this career? So was it always something that you wanted to do or did something in particular kind of nudge you in this direction? Or was country music always the plan? Like when you started this,
1: country music was never the plan. Um, but music was always the plan. I, um, I, there was never a moment that it was like I'm going to be a singer. I was just always a singer. Okay. Um, but even as little as two, three, four years old. I mean, my parents have videos of me singing and dancing and. I used to, oh my God, my poor family. I used to make them like <laughs> videotape me for like four to five hours a day, just dancing and singing and putting on these performances that I had like full sets and like, which not, not much has changed. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, and I just always knew it's what I wanted to do. There was never a decision to make. It was just inside. And, but when I was in the second grade, I was cast as Dorothy in my school play, my elementary school play. Okay. And for me, that was a very pivotal moment in my life, not because I made a decision to be a singer um, or a performer, but at the end of the play, I got to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, all by myself, just out in front to end the play. And it's so crazy because I can remember this moment like it was yesterday. I remember the sights, the smells, the everything of this moment. Like I, I feel like I'm still standing there. Um, and I remember singing it and just got this applause that lasted for three or four minutes, like a long time. And I remember looking out even as that little eight-year-old girl and being like, this, this is what I'm supposed to do
0: right? forever. Just sitting there going, and, I crushed this.
1: <laughs> and like, I, you know, I remember going back. One of the classrooms was the um, the dressing room. You know, And I remember being there, and I think I was taking off my little ruby red slippers, and um, I remember a father, and I wish I knew who it was. I, I can't see his face, but coming up to me and being like, you're going to do something one day. And um, that was so cool. I, I'll always remember that.
0: That's awesome. So then what made you decide country music?
1: Um, my husband, actually. um It's just funny, and it's Italian jock from Long Island.
0: (laughs) Well, you're you're so for for anyone who doesn't know, your whole family is Italian.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) We're very (laughs) Italian. Yes, Um, in
0: New York, Westchester County, um, gravy on Sundays, kind of Italian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. for me, I always loved country music growing up, but, and I was always listening to it, but I was never performing it or really. I wrote a few country music things um, on the side, but I mean, growing up in New York, like, God forbid you told your friends, oh yeah, listening to George Strait <laughs> this weekend. Like, come on over, guys. Like, you just couldn't do yeah. that. What are you, nuts? So I, I know. So I was, um, listening to it alone at home and writing some things, and my dad always loved it. And, Oddly enough, when I met my husband, um, who was then just my friend, I started writing all of this country music about our relationship out of nowhere, an, an entire album's worth. And that became the first television special, which started my whole career.
0: And that was how long ago?
1: That was in 2012. Wow.
0: That's nuts. So it just kind of happened.
1: Yeah, really. On a, I think the best things in life happen that way. Yeah. You know, we're not expecting it. And it's. Just little signs like you know here it's uh this is meant to be
2: here take this <laughs> <laughs> you go <laughs> yeah that's what like that's, that's it really was <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but i mean so you have it's safe to say you've been pretty successful thus far in your music career right it's only been eight years um but you've been doing great things um so what's interesting is that you haven't taken the I guess, quote unquote, traditional approach to get to where you are now. Um, And this, I think, is a a big part of the industry that a lot of people don't know about is what it takes to actually get music out there. And so I want to talk about, or I I want you to talk about um, what it's like and, and what that traditional route is. And then the route that you kind of took um, because I think that's where a lot of the hardships come into play, right? Is like it's it's one thing to get an agent and a manager and a record label and have them just put your stuff out there, but to do it the way you've done it is completely different and much more challenging.
1: You know, the the music business has changed so much over the last several years. I mean, it used to be, even just as a kid, I remember the dreams of you'd be singing you see it in all the movies and the tv shows where you're singing in this club and this big record exec comes in and signs (laughs) you you know like that's what you think the music business is that is not the music business for a very long time now um there's so much risk associated with taking on new artists and acts and music that nobody wants to put their job on the line like that anymore so People aren't just signing people. For you to get signed these days, I mean, you got to have a lot of stuff that you're coming with. Uh, radio success, uh, Spotify success, a big social media following. I mean, it's just the way it is. You pretty much have to build yourself up from the ground up and then hope that somebody sees enough value in what you were able to accomplish. Um, and, you know, to be honest, over the years, yeah, my goal has been to get a record deal. And I do have faith that the right partner will come along. Uh, we've had many deals come across, you know, my desk, I guess you could say, of deals that just weren't right or deals that wanted to take too much of what I've accom- worked really hard to accomplish and fund on my own. And I think when we find the right partner, we're going to know it. And... um but yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting trying to build a career from the ground up alone. You have to have a lot of creativity, um, in terms of how you fund things for yourself. It is very expensive to have a music career. It's not like, oh, you just get played on the radio. Right. There's extreme costs associated with radio packages, plugging your music on Spotify. And I mean, the real way. I mean, you could go, I could go spend $10 right now and get 10,000. Hits on my Spotify account, but what is that really going to do for you? Right. Great. I have five million listeners, but I can't sell one ticket to a show. Like <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Right. I think that's something a lot of new artists don't realize. Like they don't think out the long term uh, effects of what doing things the fast and cheap way. You know where that could lead them, um, but doing it the right way is it's an extreme um, investment in your time your talent your your energy but when you do things the right way and you think creatively and you think outside the box you can get where you want to be because you are building a legitimate career with legitimate fans and followers and um i think even just for me being an italian new yorker born in brooklyn doing country music for me to do anything via uh by the book way would have been (laughs) strange (laughs) (laughs)
2: got
0: Tommy two times coming over yeah (laughs) Um, okay so to break the fourth wall a little bit you and I are friends which is the only reason why I've been able to get somebody who's actually a country music artist on a podcast that I'm Uh doing in my basement (laughs) (laughs) We've known each other for what, 6 years?
1: 2004 my first tour.
0: Yeah, 2014, right? So yeah. and we met out on the road in was it we met in Montana. Montana. Cuz you needed a, a a ride to the tent and I had the yes. only go-kart that was available. <laughs>
1: And here we are six years later. Still and it's friends. also
0: funny because I met your dad before you because your dad being your manager at this point, um, I was working at uh, part of the accounting team for all the festivals that you were going to. And I had paid him a couple times already. And he, he made fun of my accent, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> it's funny how in, things work. I know because he came in like super new york <laughs> and then heard yeah, he me is. speak and he the was like he where are you from
1: <laughs> out in montana I all know. places
0: um but yeah so that the, the you've had a lot of success given the fact that you're doing things this way and i think what's what's really amazing is is that you aren't just successful here you're successful in you know across the pond if you will um right you've had you've you've done what top 10 in italy top 100 in the uk if i remember correctly
1: and top 10 in austria this year too yeah which is so exciting
0: um but then you've also blown up recently we were having dinner like a couple of months ago and you were telling me how you've blown up in india which i think is so so cool
1: i I do too, because I don't know how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't I mean the only thing I could think of is that I'm very engaged with my fans on social media, and I try to answer all my messages. I don't have anybody that helps me with my accounts. I do it all myself. It's one of my favorite parts of the job is talking to the people that consume my music and my content. Um, so the only thing I could think of is that I was speaking with a few Indian fans that were like, "Oh, this American artist is talking to me," and then they told a friend, and they told a friend, yeah. and um, it's just funny how that stuff happens. Because um, your followers
0: are very loyal people; like they you are have a very it, loyal following.
1: They are the best. They really, really are the best. I mean, I can't say enough nice things about my fans, and you know, not just because they're my fans. Even people that open for me always say after every show, your fans are the nicest fans I've ever met. And I really believe that. I mean, they just, they care about me as a person. They care about everything that I even care about. Last night I did a um a live stream for the Guitar Center Music Foundation, which um, benefits musicians that are in need during this time and also gives music grants, you know, and, and programs, instrument grants and things like that to kids and um they were there do- all my fans donating like just being so i'm just so proud like to be associated with these people they're wonderful that's so awesome
0: it's nice to have the right fans yeah you know not just to have fans but to have the right fans is yeah is definitely no, a plus yeah they're,
2: really,
1: they're great
0: um so going back to you know the the different approaches just so i think we can we can help people kind of understand um the difference between what you're doing and let's say um you know Carrie Underwood right big name when she puts out a song it's it's immediately just everywhere right it hits the top 40 because her name is on it and so how does that like what what is that process really compared to what you guys are doing
1: So, um, the name of the game of the music industry is how much money do you have? I hate to say it that way. Um, which is a very hard reality. Again, is that little, you know, like I was saying, eight year old girl, that's like, Oh, someone's going to discover me. And you know, I'm going to release this. I'm going to have a song on radio. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, but behind every single, Big artists, there's like a million dollars behind each song, just to get it out there. Um, and how does someone like me, or other independent artists, or you know artists that are rising or trying to get known, compete with that? You can't.
2: Yeah, because you you're not.
1: Cannot. You're not
0: sitting on a million dollars that we don't know about.
1: No, I <laughs> wish d- I was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your dad wasn't an NYPD. He's he's not rolling. He may, he may have a yeah. good pension, but he's not rolling in it.
1: No, um, and it. You know, to be honest with you, it's it's caused a lot of hard moments in my career because you sit and some, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I, and I'm the reason I'm going to say this is because hopefully I can help other artists that are struggling with this. I would sit there and I'd want to write a song and I, sometimes I'd get so upset about it. Like, well, what's the point? Like, I could write the most amazing thing right now and it's never going to be top 10. Like, you know, it, it's a very hard feeling to realize that no matter what you do, you can't compete unless you get that type of funding or money behind you with a record label or whatever it is. Um, But then on the positive side of things, um, I mean, even the marketing that these big artists have, you just can never afford it. Um, Like the most basic radio package that you could get runs about 10 grand. And that's not even for billboard stations. If you want to go after billboard stations, like the mainstream radio, like my singles charted on country radio, which was only country. It wasn't billboard stations. Get, give me a guess what you think billboard per month cost to get month? a
0: Are you yeah, talking, So month. a package for 10 grand to get on the radio station is one month's worth of listens.
1: No. So 10 grand... Was what we put behind Crazy Idea, for example, okay. which was my hard earned personal money, um, which, again, for someone like me is a lot of money as yeah. compared to like our underwear or somebody. Um, and that's so that you have a promoter that will call the secondary country radio stations, which isn't Billboard, every week and be like, hey, that runs about 14 weeks. Okay. Be like, hey. You know, this great new song, can you add it to your rotation? Come on, you did four spins last week. Can you give me another two spins? Let's bring it up to six this week, like that type of thing. Right. And that's how you chart and you move up the charts. Billboard is the step up from that, which is like the mainstream, like right. main, main, mainstream country radio. Guess what per month a Billboard promoter is?
0: I'm going to just go... I'm going to say outlandish because I'm just I'm going to go with like $100,000 a month. It's 25,000 a month.
1: Okay. 25 to 30,000 a month.
0: A month. Just a to month. get just to get Billboard stations to play your song however many times they feel like playing it.
1: Not even to definitely get them to play it. That's to get the promoter to put it into their oh, you're hands. you're so paying you- the
0: promoter that much money. You're not even guaranteed that it's going to get played. You're just paying nope. for the guy that has a connection to those stations to say, "Hey, how do you feel about this song?"
2: Yeah. Jesus. How
1: does a regular person do that? How do you? you yeah. How do you come up with twenty five
0: thousand dollars a month for
1: one month? For and that's not even. And that's just one song for, for one promoter. Yeah, you're not even to get. It needs to go like fourteen to sixteen weeks or twelve to sixteen weeks. So you're not even to get spins if you could only. If you sunk your life savings of 25 grand into the one month, you probably will just get the introduction. Like, you right. won't even get the constant, like, hey, can you up it or whatever. So, to answer your question, you know, you have to think of ways as a regular person or a, a, an artist that isn't at the top of the charts with that type of money to get your music out there. So, for me, is when I was starting, even now, I think, what is free? What can I do that can help get my music out there in more, more of a root approach? And for me, that was social media.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've grown my following organically to almost 400,000 people on Facebook um, just by interacting and, That's amazing. you know, being, putting content out. And that doesn't cost me anything to do. Other and than, that's how other you can gain time. Fans. Yeah. You know, um, there's there's a ton of things. Going on tour. Yes, touring can be very expensive, but you also have an income that helps you cover that when you're out on the road. Yep. Um, but even that, shaking hands. Those are people that will be your fans, you know, or see you play if you don't have. That's how I built my career. Yeah. I had no money for radio. I didn't even have a radio single until 2017, and I started my first USA tour in 2014. So that, again, was my kind of weird approach. Like, I can't afford this yep so let, how can kind of I get your
0: music in front of people For, in however, a way that was right affordable. however so like when we met um you were on stage who played that night Keith Urban or Brad Brad Paisley
1: no it was a uh, Montgomery Dentry
0: was it Montgomery oh that was in Montana but you were on stage in Colorado too
1: with um Keith Urban it
0: was Keith Urban and that's the yeah. thing there's there were what 30,000 people there to see Keith Urban and they're going to watch that. I mean, you for uh, as someone who knew what they were paying for a ticket, you're going to go and see as many people as you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to spend that day listening to music and yeah. you know, so just being on stage in front of that many people, people are going to go, Oh wow, I like her. And then that's, and that's kind of how it just organically happens is, yep. you know, going on tour and, and getting yourself onto these stages. You don't, yep. you don't necessarily need to be a headliner right away.
1: That yep, is true. It's, it's the bet, And again, you have to think creatively like your thought process that you just had. That's how I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm not making a lot of money to do these shows, but what's more valuable than money right now? Fans mm-hmm. that will eventually turn into more bigger gigs and yep. all this stuff. So we invested in the touring. That didn't cost me 25000 a month. You know, that was something that was affordable to me as yeah. an independent artist. Um, you know, selling merch, that's a way to get your fan base up and to bring in income. Work your social media, put stuff on your YouTube channel. I mean, there's a million and one things that you could do if you just have the right mindset about thinking, like, what can I do to build my career that I can afford that's smart?
2: Yeah.
0: And I think that's a lot of people, um, like myself included, um, you go to a show and you see like all this merch and you go, ugh, why is it so expensive, right? Like I like this person, but why is the merch so expensive? Well, first of all, if you're at a venue and you're not selling your own merch, they're taking a chunk of whatever you sell just to be yeah. able to, to take your merch, right? Just to be able to yeah. get your merch out there. So, and I think people need to be aware of with artists like you as opposed to artists like, you know, Carrie, Under- I'm just going to keep saying Carrie Underwood because that's the first name that pops into my head. You know, somebody buying Carrie Underwood merch does nothing for Carrie Underwood, right? She can, she can take it or leave it. Um, but if if the decision is buy that or buy a Jessica Lynn hoodie or a Jessica Lynn hat, that is, it, you know, that's going to make a much bigger difference for you because that's what's helping you continue this career right now
1: yeah it's so true and that's to talk about how great my fans are again they kept me afloat during this pandemic the, by buying my merchandise that's what um, i wanted to talk you to know, you
0: about next too
1: yeah i mean they the minute everything started falling apart we started getting purchased after purchase after purchase and i can't tell you how much that means because that twenty dollars or whatever that's coming in from the t-shirt or you have like literally helped me fund my music video. You know, with like you said, like Carrie Underwood, of course, every every dollar counts and oh, all yeah. that. And they also have much greater expenses than we do as a small operation, which people tend to forget. They think, oh, you're making all this money rolling all this dough. You have the, the amount of people that you have to pay and things you have to do, I yeah. mean, is insane. Um, even at my level, the expenses are immense. I can only imagine what somebody like, you know, her pays to do a tour with all, all yeah. those and crew and um she's but still doing it was okay so though. yeah <laughs> uh you know it meant the world we lost so much money 80 tour dates 11 countries i yeah. mean our loss was immense
0: 2020 has been pretty much a washout for the events industry in general right across the yep. board you know sports are just barely coming back now um but you still can't have fans and You know, that might work for sports, but that doesn't really work for music, Mm -mm. right? Like there's, if you're on stage and you're playing music and there's no one there, it's different. Yeah. Like I'm not a performer, but I know you, you, you feed off the crowd.
2: Yeah,
1: you do. And I'm sure sports players do too, but it's different. You're focusing on a, a task and I'm not a sports player, so I can not say this, but like I feel like from my perspective, when it's music, you need that interaction with the audience. It's just like a different thing. Yeah. But well, again, like a big artist like that on the label or something like a Carrie Underwood during this pandemic, the label can help them still fund and move ahead mm-hmm. and do whatever. An artist like me, a hundred percent of our funding comes from touring. So I don't have that guy sitting in the office of the label. It's like, Oh, your new signal needs to come out. Here's, you know. 50 right. grand put behind it. Like literally our funding went to zero. And I think that the fans knew that and they really stood by me and it, we appreciated it so much.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it, it's got to suck to, to be hyped, right? Cause you guys get so excited to go on tour and, and to do all these things. And then just to be like, to, to get a phone call cause you had a European tour tour two this year that you were supposed to do
1: five months straight on the road to zero
0: and to to absolutely nothing and that's like you said those dollars not only fund you being able to go to the tour like go you know because that's what pays for like what people might not realize is just because you're playing at a concert you know or or a music festival or whatever you still have to get there yourself yeah they're not flying you out
1: It is very, very expensive.
0: Yeah. So you guys have to get the bus and you guys have to, you know, take all your equipment and all your people and drive out there and pay for food and for gas and for, you know, all these other expenses just to get to this, you know, show. And then whatever they pay at the show pays for it. And then you go to to the next show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Think about it. So if you just think about it this way with some quick math, um, Flights to Europe for my band last year were about $5,000. That's only flights. Mm-hmm. And then you think about we need four hotel rooms for every night. So say a hotel room's is $100. That's being conservative. Right. So that's $400 a day just in accommodations times 90 days, three months. What does that cost?
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> Quick math. <so> what are, <laughs> Hang
0: on. I'll just cut this part out. As okay. I, as I open up the calculator,
1: <laughs> 400, 400 times 90
0: is $36,000
1: only in accommodation
0: just in room and board that has, and you still have to get from place to place, right? So you're, yeah, you're going to rent, you're going to rent a bus or, or a truck or, or, something so that all of you have van or something that you can all get in. Plus yep. all this equipment
1: you're, you're toting along. Yeah, That's it, also not paying anybody. Right. So if you do the $36,000 in hotels plus $5,000 in flights, we're already $41,000 without any other expenses that come with the road. Gas, yeah. Marketing for the shows, paying mm-hmm. everybody to be there. Like, that's a hefty bill.
0: Right. the band. Um, by the way, everybody, the band still has to make money. <laughs>
1: yeah. Even though they're my mom, dad, and husband, I still got to pay them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, it's it's not just a four person band,
1: right? No, you have seven what seven, us. seven? Yep. And we yeah. do someone that sells our merch, so that's another expense. Sometimes another hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a lot. Um, so again, losing all the touring and everything, all of your funding goes out the window. Yeah. Um, and it was really, it was a very hard year for me, um, emotionally because all those tour dates took me a year to put together. So it was a year of work for nothing. Um, also a year of work for free because you don't get paid to do all that. You get paid when it happens. Right. Yeah. As a musician. So I worked literally a year for free, um, for a payoff that never came both mm-hmm. in terms of opportunity and finances. Um, and you know, with the single release and everything and all this great stuff happening with now or never, um, It was very sad when all of the big plans that we had for the single, the YouTube promotion and this and the radio stuff, you had to cancel everything.
0: And just to be able to go out and perform it, right? You do all this work, you write this great song, and then you can't shout it to the rafters, right? You can only release it, but you can't jump on a stage and sing it to people.
2: Yeah.
1: To have to cancel everything that we had planned for the single was very hard for me. I'm sure. It really was, but everything, just even looking at my calendar now, like I got teary eyed the other day because I was sitting here doing something and I opened up my calendar and it was like um, Munich, you know, and it was like just a a terrible feeling. And I know that, you know, I'm not the only one going through this, Um, but again, and not to, you know, put us above anyone else. It's very different being in the entertainment industry right now than some other industries. Like, I yeah. totally understand. A lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are struggling. But for the entertainment industry, like, for example, my friends with salons, they've been struggling
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, financially, emotionally, mentally, everything just like us. But they're starting to open again.
0: Right. Well, there's also we, a plan for them.
2: Yes. You know no what I mean?
0: That's, and that's the thing is like the, the entertainment industry or the events industry has no plan there's no like there's no stage for for us or for you you, I uh, say us because my wife runs an event venue and she's just sitting like she works every day but she's had to furlough her whole staff and there is no like this is when you're going to be able to have a wedding again
1: no it's It's, terrible and you know even if you say okay, you can start doing live music stage 27. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> um, how many people right. you know, can we have? Or music is not something that it's like, okay, you can open tomorrow. Gigs take a long time to book mm-hmm. and promote. So I, I've had everything canceled up until October 30th. Like, that's not something that when October 1st hits and everything's clear, it's like, we're going. Right. Like, it's going to be a long time. And say even we get the clear to so just go. Who says people are going to be comfortable buying tickets again and yep. sitting next to people like that? And I mean, there's so many unknowns with our business that make it a lot more difficult than a lot of other industries
2: well, out how there about, right
0: now. How about these festivals, right? So like the music festivals and shows that take place every year that rely on the income they earn every year to fund The next year some of these shows aren't going to come back some of these festivals are going to go bankrupt
1: we had a date cancel on us for england um the place closed like for good yeah that's that's such a shame you know that's these small music venues and places like this i mean that's someone's livelihood yep a lot of these
0: places are privately owned they're not owned by big corporations and it's, it's
1: very, very sad. And it's, it's and then it
0: cute. and then there's the trickle down effect. Right. Because now just a just because you had been booked for the show and the show got canceled this year doesn't mean 2021 Jessica Lynn's name is going to be on the bill. Like yeah, you have to go through all that work that you did in 2019 all over again with the hopes of of getting back in 2021.
2: Yeah. With the
0: and, hope. And right. Even
1: though we're both. To say that it's definitely gonna happen again.
0: Right. You know, because and then you don't know
1: if people buy tickets. Yeah. You
0: and on know. top of that, you have the places that you were booked that are closing and now you have to work twice as hard to refill that date. Right? That part yeah. of the tour needs to you need to have a place to be.
1: It's it's very weird. And I don't you know, I don't think people that are maybe not in this industry don't realize the astronomical effects that this has had, you know, on people like me, um, it's it's a very, it's not a good place to be. Um, yeah. But again, I, you tried to look at the silver lining and everything you have to. I sat there, I'm not going to lie, the first few days that we lost everything, each time, first I took the Europe hit, then I had to take the USA hit, then I had to take the losing all the funding for all of the single promotions and everything hit each time I let it beat me up. Not going to lie. took a few days after each to just cry and just feel and just be upset and sad. And, um, but you know, then you got to get back up be like, all right, (laughs) let's do this. Let's go online. Let's do this. Let's try this thing instead of what we had planned. Let's can't do this show, but let's ask the venue if they want to do something online instead, or, you know, you got to just, think positively and and move forward. You can't just let it beat you up forever. Yeah. It's good to feel and let those emotions out. I needed to let out my frustration and my sadness about everything I had lost. Um it's like any type of, you know, the stages of losing anything. You got to kind of <laughs> go through that. Going through the the five
0: stages of grief.
1: Yeah. And then you kind of like, all right, let's let's try again. And you have to because again, we don't know how long we're going to be affected by this thing and Um, we got to make something happen and and keep going. You can't just lie down forever. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So let's talk about some positives then. First, now or never, right? You have a, a brand new single out. So talk to me about the inspiration for the song, the video, um, and, and, you know, just a little bit about like the whole process of that song.
1: So the inspiration for Now or Never was your first love and that nostalgic feeling of that excitement of that whole thing. I mean, honestly, your first love and being young, like in like falling for somebody is unlike any other experience you ever have in your, your life, mm-hmm. like being young and feeling that. And like, I, you know, those moments of like, I'm outside your house, like, come on, let's like go <laughs> do this adventure, you know, like you don't experience that stuff once you hit a certain age that now we're never instinct like yeah let's go you know like my mom's sleeping like hurry up like (laughs) (laughs) sneaking (laughs) out the the
0: second floor window
1: yeah you know like that type of stuff and that type of excitement only happens when you're when you're young like that you know um and so that was really the inspiration for that like okay you like this now or never feeling of just feeling young and excited. And, um, and it's fine. The music video, um, portrays that too. It's, I don't want to give too much away, but it's set at a retro old drive-in movie theater. And it's two young kids. First time I ever used actors in a music video, mm-hmm. um, go on this now or never adventure, um, of this great night, like falling in love. And, um, and, it's actually a funny story with that single because the whole rest of the album is very very soul influenced um and like my single run through that came out right before that it kind of has like this backbeat that's a little bit it's they're a little more mature sounding the whole mm-hmm. rest of the album. And I wrote Now or Never, and I love the song because it reminded me a lot, honestly, if I grew up listening to a lot of like Simple Plan and like all that kind of <laughs> pop rock, fun music. And it reminded me of that. And maybe because I listened to all that music when I was young or, you know, who knows what, yeah. what it was. Um, but I really wanted to put it on the record. And we're looking at the song list. And I'm like, this song just like it doesn't fit like where do we put it do we put it at the end so it's not like whoa what is that in the middle of all this other like more mature soul influenced music um so the the, i mean everything has like this undertone of rock and roll to it which now or never definitely has but Mm -hmm. again it was like this sore thumb in the middle of this album so (laughs) i asked my dad who's producing the record i'm like can you finish now or never first as one of the first songs because I want to see, like, we had the arsenal of all the music in various stages of completion from the band, you know, recording and us doing whatever to it. And I said, I, I want to listen to that early on, because if this is really going to be that big of a sore thumb when it's done, we need to make a plan for replacing it. So I'll need to know if I'll need to start writing some yeah. more stuff or whatever. So please finish that. <laughs> so we have a drop box of all the stuff that's done so far. So We had, like, Run 2. We had this single that was set to come out. Like we had the artwork done, we had the music video planned, everything. And it was a song called Love Me That Way, which was more in line with Run To.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that was in the Dropbox along with one other and Now or Never. So Steve and I are driving in the car. It was a really like hot summer day recently. Um the sun was coming through like The windows were down. My hair was blowing. We're driving, listening to the tracks in this Dropbox. I'm really enjoying everything. And then Now or Never comes on. And the two of us are like, like in the sunshine. Like (laughs) (laughs) like, it was like so fun and like peppy and like with the sun and the wind. It was like, man, like I looked at him. I'm like, no pun intended, but I think it's Now or Never to release this song. Like this needs to be in the summer with this weather and like this. You know, atmosphere. It's not going to work to do it any other time. So, I called my dad. I'm like, I think now we never has to be the single. And they were like, all right. And I called my other, like my digital manager, and he was like, Yeah, I just listened to it. I was like, Go listen in your car. And he's like, That's got to be the song. <laughs> so then I sent it to our uh, PR team in the UK. I was like, Not going to say anything about either of these. Which one? A or B for the next single. And unanimously, oh, this is so perfect for summer. It's got to be now or never. So I did the photo shoot for the artwork the next day, like the next morning. <laughs> um, uh, we redid the whole music video concept. We had to race to get everything uploaded to release in time and iTunes and all these things because everything else was set. Like yeah. this was so last minute. But I went with my gut. And um, so that's how Now or Never came to be. It was never even supposed to be, like, even on the album. And it was just a gut reaction, like, it's got to be Now or Never. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's a great song, so I think that's uh, you made a good choice. Thanks. Um, okay, so last thing, the uh, silver lining uh, that you mentioned before, the couple of things that have helped you get through besides family because I mean I've I've met your family they're wonderful people so Thanks. to be surrounded by them and the band too but when I say family I mean your your whole family your extended family included um they're all wonderful people so to, to have them around you I'm sure has, has definitely helped um manage this this whole COVID mess um but there's also been some some furry friends that you've had that help you through that people might not know about. I mean if they follow you on Instagram, they know all about uh your your little raccoons. <laughs> the the thirty seven the family of thirty seven raccoons that lives outside your back door. <laughs> <laughs> um but also you guys are fostering a wonderful little puppy.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Like I just saw myself on camera, like my whole face light up as soon as you <laughs> mentioned very <Harry> Crest. <Potter. laughs> mother talking about her newborn baby your little fur
2: babies
1: (laughs) yeah um so yeah when when i i'm a huge animal lover and i don't follow really any rescue pages or anything like that because my heart breaks when i see this stuff and it affects me for days and days and days and i knew that if i did follow these pages i would be saving like 500 animals like a day (laughs) so i i um it's funny like a big believer everything's meant to be I started to get wind from the UK first that maybe the tour wasn't gonna happen they kept writing me like things really aren't looking good here like I don't know you might want to consider canceling I'm like I'm not canceling like we don't know anything it's way too early on this was like in beginning of March
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I was like no way the tour is like June 1st we are good like uh uh. (laughs) I really didn't think there was any chance anything was gonna get canceled but then as things started to develop, I was like, okay, like maybe we do have to call it quits on this tour." And everybody started canceling. So at the same time that that was happening, a friend of mine posted a, a repost from a rescue page that said, this dog, urgent, urgent care, urgent foster, please help. This dog has nowhere to go. And she was found in an abandoned house in Texas with both of her back feet severed and a spinal injury. So it looks like they were chopped off by somebody. Um, But again, nobody was there to really ever know she was found abandoned. Um, but I mean, really terrible abuse. Like her tendons were hanging out at the bottom of her feet. And um I saw her little face on my Instagram. I'm like, we have to get this dog. Like, this is the purpose. Like this is why the tour is falling apart. I meant to save this dog. Um, So the next day she was at my house (laughs) (laughs) and I mean, she is just the. she has been an inspiration, honestly, for me, the way that she is so resilient and wakes up every day with these injuries. And is just like, I'm happy. I'm alive. Like I'm breathing. I, Um, you know, that was a big inspiration for me. I, I had a few days, like I said, when I was just so depressed about everything and I'd look over at her sitting there, like smiling, you know, with her little cast on her feet. And I was like, like, I, I can be more like Audrey, you know, like, look, bad things can happen to you and you can move on and you can live a great life and have opportunity. And, um, you know, you never know what's right around the corner. So just like her, she never knew. We, we always think, we said it last night actually, we think about her sitting there so injured and alone and scared and hungry and dirty and then the next day she's having salmon fillet for dinner in our nice <laughs> warm house, you know, in, in her $75 Tempur-Pedic uh, mattress bed. <laughs> so, you know, like you yeah. think, things can turn around in a minute.
0: And she's and overcome too, right? Because she was supposed to have, you said she was supposed to, or you told me not, recently but when we had dinner she was supposed to have like uh prosthetics or something right to help with her yeah. feet because they said she's not going to run or walk or anything and and all i see are videos of her just running around the backyard her and steve
1: <laughs> yeah and she really is so resilient um she had a wheelchair that she refuses to use because she knows she can walk uh, and run So we don't use the wheelchair. We're trying to still get the wounds on the bottom of her feet to close over, which Mm -hmm. is really hard because they're trying to literally like close in um, over the open portion, which is difficult because you have all 44 pounds of her standing on those open wounds day in and day out. Um, So it's a lot of work for us making her fake feet out of like gauze and Mm -hmm. taking care of the wounds. We wrap her at least twice a day to keep them clean. Um, so it really is a lot of work, but she is healing and when her wounds heal, we're going to get her fit for the prosthetics, so that she can have, be able to just get up and go without us having to constantly wrap and gauze. And, um, so I'm really excited for that. And she's come so far and she's just, she's so great. She's like the best dog.
0: That's amazing. Lover of puppies and raccoons alike.
1: Yes. And we have the baby. (laughs) I've actually been oh, waiting for the babies right are time here to now? drop on my like Instagram story, the babies.
0: Oh, jeez!
1: <laughs> You're just you'll ever see in your whole life. You are welcome in advance.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I-, I anxiously await the story. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So tell everybody where they can find uh, now or never run to all your other wonderful music.
1: Um, my website is jessalynmusic.org, and I'm on Spotify, iTunes, all social media platforms at Jessica Lynn Music.
0: Fantastic. Jessica Lynn, thank you so much for taking the thank time you. to do this interview.
1: This is so fun. Thanks for having me. I it try. Was nice you to know, I, professional I, again I, together. I'm, I'm more than <laughs> just
0: a pretty face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is great.
0: All right. This has been someone else's shoes. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Oh,